Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, everybody. I am especially glad that you're able to join with us this weekend in part because we start a new series, but even more so because we are stepping into a spiritual initiative called Light the Way. And I am confident, I'm gonna be as bold as to say this, that there is a decision that Jesus is going to put before each and every one of us, possibly today or over these next five weeks together, that will have an incredible impact right now in our lives, as well as an impact on ours and others' eternity as well. That's a bold statement, isn't it? I mean, really just putting it out there. And if you happen to be newer with Fox River right now, I honestly couldn't think of a better time to be able to join with us, to be able to go, like, what is this place really all about? I want to ask you to join with me in this prayer, please. Father in heaven, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth here, Lord, as it is in heaven. Jesus, may your desire for each and every one of us be realized and stepped into and experienced. We ask nothing less, and we pray it in your name. And everybody in agreement says, amen. Amen. When you first take a look, One of the things that I'm sure that you notice is you've got a lot of different that's going on. You got different shapes and you got different sizes and you got different colors of light that's here. One of the things that each and every one of the light bulbs is doing though is everyone in its own way is giving off light. One other thing that all of these have in common is that they are power dependent. But given the right power, given the right power, that these are able to bring light to the world. There is a power that Jesus says is light-giving and life-giving, and that's really gonna set us up for what it is that he wants for us today. In fact, it's Jesus' desire for us to be light-bearers. It's also at the heart of our 2025 mission that we'll um, take a couple minutes and just open up together this morning. First of all, just wanna, again, kind of give us a big, you know, here's the big background the meta-narrative when it comes to light and God. God uses light over and over and over in the scripture as a metaphor to be able to open us up to and to help us to understand some things about him and what he's given to us. God uses light as a metaphor for his word and his revelation to us, gives light to us. He uses it as a metaphor for his salvation. He talks about it as a means of his goodness and understanding his righteousness or holiness. God said light is a metaphor for his presence with us in our lives. It's a metaphor for life itself as well as for God's blessing. 
Now, Jesus makes two declarations when it comes to light. The first one, he does in, it's found in John chapter 8. In verse number 12, he says this, I, Jesus, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. Now, when Jesus says this, he does so with the background of wow that comes with it. He says it in such a way that it illuminates everybody's understanding, and that is totally a pun that's in there, to um, what it is that he's communicating. You see, Jesus spoke these words at the Feast of Sakat, or the Feast of the Tabernacles. This was one of the feasts that all of the Israelites were required to come to Jerusalem for and be able to celebrate there together. Now, this particular feast, what they had done, that is all of the Jewish nation, is they had built 60-foot light towers. Now, this is going to give you a little bit of an understanding of what was um, going on. Now, these 60-foot light towers at the top had four sconces on the top of each of these towers. Each of these sconces held 60 liters of oil. So you've got this incredible amount of fuel. They actually used the priest's garments that had been woven together to form the wicks that were going to be burned in these. Now you just got to picture this. The priests had to climb a 60-foot tower. <laughs> that ladder, I mean... You're talking about, here's what the apprentice priest did, right? I mean, here's what the, the low-ranking ones did. I mean, 60-foot ladder. And then you're hauling up oil to be able to fill these, you know, huge sconces that are up there that are going to be used in what is called the um, ceremony of illumination. And they did this just during the Feast of the Tabernacles. And so, when evening came... That last priest would go up and they would light these torches simultaneously. And the light that was emitted far above the temple, it did way more than just illuminate the temple itself. This light, I mean, picture it, it illuminated the entire city of Jerusalem. Day and age, there was no electricity. There was no light pollution going on back there at all. There was maybe some dim lights in the house, but the entire city glowed with light. And Jerusalem being one of the highest points in Israel, and the temple one of the highest points in Jerusalem, I mean, you could see this city on a hill for miles and miles and miles and miles. For them, it was breathtaking. And it was at this point that Jesus makes the statement that I am the light of the world. That's pretty audacious on Jesus' part, don't you think? But he was actually able to back it up. And so he made the statement in a way that nobody would miss it or ever forget it. That was his first statement. The second statement Jesus makes with regards to light is this. He says that you are the light of the world. Now, when Jesus said this, it's in the Sermon on the Mount, which the significance of would be this. The Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' core message. He didn't just speak the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, 
one time, like it's a great sermon series, and then just kind of moved on and then went to the next sermon series and the next one after that because he had plenty of material. Jesus used this core message over and over and over throughout his entire earthly message or his entire earthly ministry, which means that he continually went about making this declaration that you are the light of the world. I want you just to say this with me. We're just kind of, we're going to ingrain something or start to ingrain it right now. Two-part phrase. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Okay, two parts. Let's say it together. Ready? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. One more time. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. You start looking around the room right now, and you know what you see? You see a lot of different shapes and colors and sizes of light and different ways of emitting it. But this maxim is really what is rising up out of Jesus' words. These words, we may go like, Jesus, I see it in you. I don't see it in me. What Jesus wants us to understand is this that those that have been illuminated need to be illuminators. He goes on. He started with these words. He said, you are the light of the world. He said, a city set on a hill, it can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl and said they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Those that have been illuminated with the power, with the light of Jesus, need to be illuminators of others. Why? Because that's how we got it. None of us that have received the light of Jesus in here have done it without, first of all, having been given that light by someone else or some others in our lives. The way we get the light of Jesus into our homes is when we become the light of the world. There are so many environments that we step into. They don't have a lot of God light that's going on in those, do they? But we can come in there and there's God light that comes in, in our workplace, in the teams that we play on, in our neighborhoods and in our communities. And that's what Jesus is saying. You are to be light. I know you're different and I know there's you know, different ways that you're admitting it. But with the power, with my power source in you, that's what I want you to be. Now that's a good foundation for bringing us into our 2025 vision. Our 2025 vision stating this, that Fox River will shine brightly as a city on a hill, led by 4,000 active disciples of Jesus. Individual beacons of light sharing the transformational message and life-changing power of Jesus with every family in our community as we welcome 2,000 new believers by 2025. The numbers you see in there, think of them as mileposts. It's not all that Jesus wants in his body called Fox River, but by 2025, he's going like, this is what 
we are putting in front of ourselves together. Now, let's just take a look at that for a second, maybe five, ten seconds. And to you, what, what jumps out at you? What stands out to you? What causes discomfort in you? I'm really interested for the feedback that, that your first impressions are going to give. A lot of times you wonder, like, how do you get vision from God for what he wants in your life? I mean, do you fly over to the Holy Land, carve a couple of tablets of stone, go up into a mountain, and then just wait for God to write something? Bring it home and go like, hey, everybody, this is what God has for us. Now, I got to admit, that would be super cool. <laughs> Not what happened. What happened for us, and actually, I had some pretty, pretty difficult times, was that we began praying. And hours of prayer actually turned to days, and days turned to weeks, and weeks turned to months. And as we were praying, asking this one question, Jesus, what do you want for us? Our elders and our pastors and our staff, and our dream teamers. I mean, as we were coming together and having conversation and collaboration, we began to see these pieces come together. When I said it came out of a difficult time, actually this vision was, was forming um, in the middle of COVID. And you remember COVID, right? I mean, COVID was terrible. Terrible was, it was a terrible disruptor within the church. Um, a lot of churches haven't recovered you know, from COVID that way. Some aren't anymore. But when we weren't sure, honestly, we weren't sure what is going to be in the future, what is going to happen? Because when, when we started coming back together, it's like, this isn't like it used to be before. That simple prayer, Jesus, what would you have for us? If we have to reset, go back to zero, what is it you want for us? This is what was brought to us. And one of the first asks that I want to make of you in Light the Way is will you be one? Will you be one of the 4,000 active disciples of Jesus, an active follower of his? Will you be one of the beacons of light that make up that which Jesus wants to do in us? Will you say yes to him? in being a light of the world. And on the heels of that, I'm gonna ask you, and would you help another to be one as well? Because we won't get to where we need to unless every one of us is just like reaching back to somebody. And whether it's helping them to find Christ or whether it's help to take a next step toward Christ, that's what it is that Jesus wants for us to do as we move in the direction that he is guiding us. Now, the 2025 vision really just becomes a hand-in-hand -hand with our Light the Way initiative. Light the Way initiative is some of the, the, how could we do this? How could we get to this place of 4,000 active disciples? How can you get to the place of 2,000 new believers? And some of the things that we've seen God open up already I think are pretty amazing. And so in being able to share them, I, I do so with a pretty high level of um, excitement already. For example, since this vision came, to, came into being, we have had brought to our possession a multi-million dollar building in Waukesha to use for ministry for Jesus, to be able to be used 
to be able to reach out into our community. You may recognize the building. Um, if you've ever been over by the county courthouse, it's on the corner of Moreland and Delafield. At one time, it was a Century grocery store. Um, it was a Gold's Gym after that. Some have told me, like, hey, I used to work out in that, in that Gold's Gym before. Um, some, if you've never been in there, there's opportunity to come over to some tours just to be able to, to take a look in that. Now, we envision already what can be with this gift that God has said, use this. And you've got some foyer space that could, um, you know, obviously there's a place for, you know, people that are going to gather together and places for worship and meeting that way. But what really struck us was just the, the sheer amount of people that are there. If we were to compare real quickly um, the current Waukesha campus that we have, the current one around us right now has 251 households. That's in a mile uh, radius of us. But when we found out that the new one over on Moreland, it has, in one mile, it has 5,000 households within one mile of that. You stretch it out just a little bit and you go from around us right now in a three mile radius, you got about 13,000 households to over in the new opportunity for campus. You've got almost 28,000 households. Now, we start talking numbers. I know some of us, you know, our eyes just roll back in our head and just go like, oh, that, that, that's, that's nice. I want to remind you this, that every number has a name. And every name has a story. And every story matters to God. In every one of these households, you've got people, and so many people, that need the light of Jesus. You've got, you've got children. You've got young families. You've got older families. You've got people that are living together. It's people like us. Like lots and lots and lots of us. 80% don't go to church at all. Not much light in their lives. That is an opportunity God said, Use this as you pursue this vision I put in front of you. Another one um, aspect of um, Light the Way is I'm connected to our, um, our, our kids' ministry and our upward sports ministry in particular. Over the years now, we have ministered to literally thousands and thousands of families, the workers that, that have been brought in here. Many people, um, many people are part of Fox River right now that have just come in through Upward. A lot of people, um, no connection with church at all. But through Upward, that they're being able to, you know, they put their kids in something that really matters for them, and lo and behold, they get even more than they knew that they were stepping into that way, more in a good sense, both for their kids as well as themselves as well. Um, yesterday, which was Saturday, um, on our upward fields, we call them our field of dreams. We did that in a different initiative in the past. We had 300 players and cheerleaders that were out there. So if you do a little bit of quick math, you got 300 players, and if you got two parents there and a brother or sister or a grandparent, like you got a thousand people that were out there on the field of dreams. We realize by putting out there an outdoor building we can take something good and it can become something so much better. Now, one of the ways it would be better is if we could actually provide bathroom facilities for a thousand people. 
right? I mean, that, that's a benefit, but that's not the main reason that we would do it. What we want to do is to be able to have areas for connection, connections around food, gathering space together, getting the teams together and being able to hang out a little bit. Why is it so important to us? Well, it's because just a, a week or two ago, um, I had the opportunity to meet Kevin. And as Kevin and I were talking, he said, I got a six-year-old that's playing and his nine-year-old um, sister comes out to, um, you know, to watch him. He shared with me that um, they don't go to church anywhere. In fact, he said to me this, he goes like, do you know at that church there, which I realized he had no clue who I was. He goes, do you know at that church there, do they have anything like for kids on the weekend? And I said, yes, they do. Um, and, and so we just talked about that for a second. And um, I'm like, you should come on. He goes like, I'm going home. I'm, I'm going to talk to my wife about this like right now because, you know, it, it's been forever since we've been in church and our kids haven't at all. So being able to get that gathering point for so many more like Kevin and his family and just those interactions, um, we know that's going to help us on both ends of the vision. And one of the things that we know is going to be important, it's, it's just the continuation of the campuses we have right now. Over in Muskego, also a building that happened to be gifted um, to us. It used to be a theater. We converted it into the church over there. Been operational for years right now. But we discovered, we knew this at the time, but have realized now that being built over a landfill, um, we've got a part of the floors that are starting to sink in there. Now, we haven't lost any kids or anything like that. So, I mean, like, no worries there. But, I mean, you know, what was once a flat floor is now becoming a slope floor. And we just realized, like, that's going to be important because it's a gathering place that week after week after week, people come together. People are finding Jesus there. People are growing in Jesus there. And so by addressing something like that, we are going to continue to be able to keep those campuses doing what they do best which is being that other, that next campus extension of Fox River that's just a little bit, um, in, a little bit further or in a unique place that God has for us as well. Now, total cost of what we're looking at right now is probably going to be about a million and a half dollars, give or take, in there. We're going to take the top 10%, like 10% right at the top, and we're going to put that into global missions because we always want to take our tithe and honor God with it as well. I don't know if you know this or not, but we have had missionaries go out of Fox River. That is, people just like us. I mean, regular people felt this call of God on their lives and they've gone out and they're missionaries in another place in the world right now. And we've got others that are in the process of going. Well, we certainly want to be able to help them and support them, people from Fox River that are going out in other places of the world. In addition to being able to resource some very um, under-resourced areas, places like where Kurt Owens is ministering right now in Milwaukee, the Flourish Church. As we are supporting his church, he's talking about other opportunities that he has right now with church planters in an area that is in great need of light and of great need of family help and hope that's going on. And so that, of course, is something that we definitely want to be able to be a part of as well. We talk about an initiative the reason that I get as excited as I do about it, and they're a lot of work, but the reason I get as excited is because first and foremost, is there are going to be thousands and thousands of people that light is going to be brought to them that they don't have in their life right now. 
Just a couple of stories that I became aware of this week I want to share with you. Evelyn says, God took everything what was broken in me, and he opened his arms to show me what is still beautiful. That's what's happened in my life since coming out to church with my friend. Uh, Shannon said this, I had no relationship with Christ, didn't even know I could. Now I am a follower of Jesus. I am not the same person that I was. I heard these words from Drew. He said, we became followers of, Fox, of, of, we became followers of Christ at Fox River. The friends and mentors that we have had have become so instrumental in our faith journey. Amanda said, we were far from God when we started coming to Fox River. Reengaged offered a marriage resource and helped to resurrect our marriage, and the ripple effect has had such an impact on our family. One more. Again, this is just fresh to me this week. Becky said, I have gone from being an agnostic to saved in Christ. My boys have grown to know about God and his love for them. That's the, the individual. That's Every number has a name, and every name has a story, and every one of us in here are a part of that number that God said, you so matter to me. Hey, for these stories and um, just what God's doing here, can we just give him the praise uh, for that? There's so much more. I mean, you talk about the, there's so much more in front of us, which... I'm genuinely excited for it. But I'm also excited for this. Every single initiative that we've done here, spiritual initiative, and we've done a number of them, has resulted in exponential growth. Exponential spiritual growth in everyone that's participated in it and kingdom advancement as well. For example, the last one we did was called Momentum. If you were here for Momentum, you participate in Momentum, then I'm sure you're going to be able to share a story of like, you know what? God used this in my life. And it's just kind of like things just started to grow. It's like a spiritual fertilizer that came upon me that way. Now, we do know this, that we can't do it alone. In fact, would you just say this with me? Can't do it alone. Ready? Can't do it alone. Can't take on projects like this alone. We need each other. But if everybody does our own part, little, whatever that would be, small, big, we can accomplish great together. But more so, we can't be an active follower of Jesus alone. I want to say that again. I can't be an active follower of Jesus alone. I need others in my life. I need the other kinds of light in my life as well. Which is one reason during this initiative, this month, we're doing the complementing study of All In. It's a small group study. It's starting today. We've got a lot of different groups going this week. We've got some others that are starting next week in case you're not signed up for it yet. I want to encourage you. Would you sign up? It's only a four-week group. You could do it online. You could do it in person. But here's what I'm saying to you. It will make a difference. And I really want to speak those words to the person that isn't signed up right now. Because you've got a lot of legitimate reasons why you're not a part of it. And I just want you to go with all of your legitimate reasons to joining. Use the QR code. You can scan. You can join up for a group and show up for it. You can stop by the display that's in the foyer afterwards. You can go to our church website on that. All that's available, if you will, because you can't do it alone. But with others, you can be a beacon of light. 
And let's wrap up with this. What is the importance of light to us? I'm talking personally. What is the importance of Jesus' light to you in your life right now? It's this. That we all struggle with darkness. When I say that light is the only antidote for darkness, I mean, that's true physically, that's true spiritually and emotionally. When I talk about we all struggle with darkness, I'm not just talking about physical darkness, though if you're in a pitch black area, you know the danger that you're in without any light there. But I'm talking, we struggle with darkness spiritually, we struggle with darkness emotionally, we struggle with darkness mentally. What do we do? Those of us that name Jesus as our savior. I think it's important to listen to what Jesus says about this. He said in John 3, I mean, this is like right after John 3, 16, but he carries on that conversation and he said this. Jesus said, this is the crisis we're in. God light has come into the world, streamed in, but men and women everywhere ran for darkness. He said they went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. He goes on. Please, Jesus, stop, right? Stop. He said, everyone who makes a practice of doing evil, addicted to denial and illusion, hates God light and won't come near it, fearing a painful exposure. Now, here's the problem. We not only have a problem with darkness in our lives, we have an affinity for it. We have a comfort in some of the darkness that's in our lives. The things we do in the dark, the things we don't want anybody else to know about. The things we go like, uh, no, I wouldn't want to talk about this in church. No, I wouldn't want to talk about this in my small group. No, no, no. Those two things like, no, 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 no. The stuff that we have, the depression that you may be going through. Jesus said, the reason we don't want this God light, we don't want this light, we don't want to be around the lights, is because it exposes the darkness and it would be the antithesis, the antidote to it. It would bring us out of that. That's the God light that we need. I want you to rehear these words of Jesus that we started with. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He said, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus said, I want to bring light to you. And in doing so, it's so that you can be the light of the world. When we receive the light of Jesus, when we have the power, the energy of Jesus in us, then we can become the lights that Jesus wants us to be. We said this earlier, I want you to say it again with me. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Ready? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. One more time, everybody. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. One more time as a declaration. Jesus says, I am the light 
of the world. He also said you could take your light and you could hide it under a bushel. He said, don't do that. He said, bring my light into your life. Let it deal with your darkness and let your light shine. Would you be one of these beacons of light and together it combines to become a city on a hill? Now you may not have received Jesus as your savior yet and if you haven't, he said that he is the light of life and I hope that you'll open yourself up to that light of life in your light and let his light begin a work in you that will surprise you and it will delight you. For those of us realizing I'm the light of the world and we're just scratching the surface now, guys. Next five weeks, we're gonna go deep and we're gonna go rich with regards to lighting the way. In fact, we're gonna give you a reminder before you go, just to be praying about being that light, a little band, that's gonna be a prayer reminder for us. We've got information now, you can see on the QR code, just talking about like, here's the vision. Here's this initiative, if you're just looking for information, because I know I just kind of scratched the surface of that too. QR code, website, you'll be able to, to check that out. But our decision today is this. I am going to listen to what it is that you say about me, Jesus, and I'm gonna say yes. And if I am a light of the world, I wanna be your light. Would you help me? And if you received him, that's that first decision that can change your life. If you haven't received him, your decision to open yourself up to him can change it as well. It will change it as well. And I want to invite you to take it with me right now. Would you pray? Jesus, we understand that you're the light of the world and we praise you for it. Thank you for doing everything necessary to bring life to us in addition to the light you bring. Your death on the cross and resurrection being the means by which we can be forgiven and we, begin, and we can become the child of God. For those that are ready to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior and to follow him, as you say this prayer, Jesus, there is darkness in my life. I have avoided God, you, because of it. And I come in it to ask you for light and forgiveness in my life. Would you save me today, please? Would you be my Savior and my Lord? If that's your prayer, can I ask you, would you just lift a hand up right now? Today is the day that I'm trusting Jesus. Yeah, God bless you and the others. Some that are here, yeah. Thank you for saving grace, Jesus. Now we pray, Holy Spirit, for the full power to be the light that's needed in our home, in our workplace, and in our neighborhood. We ask it in your mighty name, Jesus. And everybody in agreement said, amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.